0: The Ponch Stevenson Show. PonchStevenson.com. Episode 232. Monday, December 16th,
1: 2013. Just a little boy lost looking for a lamb in the all-night city. Living in a lonely limousine. And though he never has to worry, he's the only Absolutely, he's in Ooh, maybe maybe. we've been alone too long. You want to be maybe. We've been too long. You want to be
2: this is the Paunch Stevenson Show, paunchstevenson.com, episode 232. I am Rob, you are Greg. Hello. And I have to say that I've noticed cold out. <laughs> huh? Cold out. Well, yes, it's very cold out. Uh, here in northern New Jersey. Uh, but. But. So. So. <laughs> I have to collect my thoughts here. So, ever did since. you start? Time out. <laughs> ever ever since, ever since my family, we, as we've talked about several times on the Pauline Stevenson show, my family got our first home computer in 1991. I believe it was 1991, and ever since then, the computer has been good for like maybe a couple years. Yeah. And then as time went on, there'd be new kind of games or new programs or new creative things to do that it's like, well, this computer's too old or too slow or like a new version of Windows comes out and we, and we install it. And then the whole computer's a lot slower because yeah. it can't handle it. So it's like every few years, it's like, oh, God, this thing is out of date now. It's so frustrating. Obviously, we're not going right. to run out and buy a new computer every few years. You just have to just have to live with it until right. until the day comes when you do get a new one. So it happened with that computer. It happened with you know in the late nineties. It happened with the, my Pentium sure. four. I figured this Pentium four. It has all this RAM and video card and this cool pro, this fast processor. This thing is going to last me 10 years. And of course, like three years later, it's slow and lagging. And like, I'm going to kill myself. So this yeah. co- this computer that I got, which we talked about again on the Planner Stevenson show, this HP computer that I bought for myself in the middle of 2008. Mm. And it was their top of the line computer. Actually, it came out, I believe, very late 2007. Okay. I think... Whatever, But anyway, it's quad-core I have a lot of RAM And whatever video card it came with It was a good video card And that was essentially If if you think about it, this came out late 2007 Six years ago Now normally Normally, like three years ago This computer would have gotten to the point Where I wanted to rip my hair out And throw it out the window Because it would have gotten so slow and obsolete But for the first time in history, we are at a point in the world of computers where six years in and this computer is still perfect. Mm. No lag. It's not like, oh, you need more RAM to run this thing or you need – it's like it's perfect. I, I go on. I go on, the, on any website. We do our audio editing, podcast, video editing. It's fine. I don't have to upgrade. I don't have to throw it out the window and buy a new one. It's fine. There right. there haven't been any kind of like crazy new processor that's come out that's put this one to shame or some. It's like I, I can't believe it. Mm. This thing is actually gonna last me ten years. At
3: least. Well, I, I got ten years out of my previous PC. Well,
2: yes, but you also wanted to rip your hair out.
3: I'm talking, yeah, about, an I'm
2: talking about I'm talking about frustration free, no lag. Like I remember on my Pentium four, as souped up as I and as upgraded as I as I went with that one, the RAM and everything. You know, like I I'd be on the Windows uh XP desktop, I'd right click to go into something. Alright, you gotta wait three seconds. Oh, here comes the menu. Go into control panel. Alright, give it about ten seconds. Alright, here's the control panel. What this thing, it's like it's still like I like I just bought it. Finally, whatever like whatever the hard drives and the operating system and the CPU and just like whatever the whole architecture is now, like they've finally hit a point where the computer is like is just really good. It can handle everything, and you don't have to upgrade every two years because they came out with a new CPU that's ten times faster. Unless you're playing games on it. Well, which I don't, but... Yeah, but again, you know,
3: when you think about it, you know, if you want... Like, mine plays 1080 video, fine. Mine too, So that's, you know, that's like all that I would... I'm not going to start playing 4K video. No. So, you know, I don't need it for anything more than that.
2: I know, but even though I didn't use it for very high-end, intense computer gaming... Again, like my old Pentium 4 tower... As souped up as I had that thing, it just, I don't know, something just like Windows update after Windows update after Windows update, browser update after browser update. Somehow it just started getting, like, really laggy and slow, mm. and I would reinstall the OS, and it was still slow. and It was just like, I don't know, there was just something about these older generations of computers that after, like, a year or two, they were useless and, like, really... Like they they would just get all junked up or they just couldn't handle the the newer versions of things. This thing I mean, I'm up to like Firefox version thirty flash right. plug version ten. this thing is still perfect
3: well again, I mean you're not doing anything that's crazy in terms of requiring the processing power. I mean, if you were running a server. Like, we have some servers where I work no, where... I
2: know, but what you I'm know, saying... It's a
3: database server, and eventually, you know, yeah, eventually you want to replace it because you want to get that data faster. You know, it's not—it's never fast enough.
2: I know, but on the old computers, even though I wasn't doing anything intense, it, they would just lag over time. This has not well, suffered they wouldn't,
3: from They did not just lag because they were old. It was just because the new applications that you were
2: putting on it right. didn't run as well. I know! But what I'm saying is this: all the all the applications that I've upgraded and upgraded and upgraded, this it's this thing still does not lag. I'm well, saying it, it, I'm saying again, it's, you're it's, not it's,
3: doing anything. You're not using an application that would cause it to
2: lag. Well, I use the Adobe Creative Suite. I do. I'm using GoldWave. We're we're editing. I'm sure ninety minute did. long f- audio files and
3: look. I'm sure if you try to edit. HD video, you would have problems on that machine. <laughs> you're, but you're not doing that. You don't so understand my point. I do understand it. I'm saying that the applications that you're using on it have gotten as complex as they're ever going to get. So right. your computer is fine. What I'm saying right. is, if you
2: but, were but hold a on. game, hold on, hold vi- on, hold on, you're right about that. The software has gotten as complex as it's going to get. Coupled with the hardware has hit a plateau where it is now finally fast enough to cope with all of this software
3: that you're running however, if again, if you're running <sighs> other software that needed more hardware, you would need that extra hardware so
2: no there but, you go. but I'm talking about the o s what do you mean on my yeah, pen- I know my Pentium four tower Windows XP. Which it came with whatever kind of Windows, up, like Service Pack 1, and then this other update. Well, and Service when they Pack-
3: went to Windows 7, and it became 64-bit,
2: obviously, it ran, it runs much better. Right, so that's what I'm saying, is six years if, in, and this thing still runs flawlessly. Oh, no, whatever. Whereas every old computer I've ever had had to be thrown in the garbage after three years. Well,
3: there you go, so you've... <laughs> you've succeeded in that
2: sense. So let's move so on. my point is finally the hardware is at a point where you don't have to throw the computer out every 3 years. Okay. That was my point. That's and it. I agree with you. So what what's what, uh... I was just it was an
3: observation. Good. You've made this observation before.
2: Not really, but Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> have. I'm going to make a a new observation. I've made the observation with old computers. I have not made the observation with my latest computer. No, yes, you have. So I was completing the circle of observations. Good. Next. All right,
3: so I've actually told you this story before because little known fact. We recorded something that involved this story and it got messed up. So we have to do it again. Well, I don't remember, so... So you don't remember? It will be as if we are discussing. I think you remember this. I met Chris Elliott. Okay, you remember this story? When? Oh God, when was this? (laughs) See, you don't even remember. Oh, I remember the start. I remember when it happened. I think it was in October. So, um, I'm a big fan of the Ron and Fez radio show, Satellite Radio. And they have this thing where one of the hosts, Ron Bennington, he'll do like these side interviews. um, That is like normally when he gets a person on his show and he interviews them, like a celebrity, I'll interview them for like you know five minutes, ten minutes. But you know, once in a while, he'll get like a comedian in there and he'll interview them for like half an hour, forty minutes. So they put on Twitter that they were going to do Chris Elliott. On this show called Unmasked. And so I I put in there, I I tweeted back. I was like, yeah, give me a ticket. So I got the ticket and uh, drove into New York that day. And, um, well, actually, I wanted to just drive to Journal Square and take the PATH train in. But I was running really late. And so I had to drive directly into Manhattan and park. In a parking garage in the theater district, no less, mm-hmm. which was like you know thirty dollars an hour, it's a ridiculous rate so um I got out, you know, walked up, you know walked into the building, and as I'm going into the building the the building that i think it's i think it's part of uh Rockefeller Center or Lincoln Center or one of the two, I forget, but this you know big big uh, office building. As I'm going into the lobby through the, uh, you know, the, the revolving door there, guess who was coming out? Uh, Dr. Phil. No. John Stamos. uh uh-huh.
4: Have
1: mercy. Uncle
3: Jesse? John Jess? Stamos, yes. Uncle Jesse was, and so we were kind of looking at each other like who should go through the door first and... So we were very close. We, I didn't get to really talk to him because he was on the opposite, you know, the other part of the revolving door. But uh, there was John Stamos right there. Did he smell? I don't know. I was in a sealed piece of the, you know, the revolving door. It's like sealed. <laughs> Did smell anybody? I was just wondering. Um. So there he was, and so we got in the lobby, waited. Finally, went up, you know, upstairs, and then we went this, this, this tiny like studio, <laughs> like thirty people were shoved in there, and I could, I could, I could, I was in the back, so I saw the tops of both guys' heads, Chris Elliott and Ron Bennington, and if I like moved to like look between the people's heads, I could kind of see them, and um, it's really funny, you know, uh, Chris Elliott had all these funny stories about you know, the the stuff when he was on Letterman and, um, and he was talking about his career and how cabin boy ruined his career. And (laughs) Chris Elliott's career. Yes. And he talked about get a life, Ah. like how that show got on TV. And, uh, um, what else did he talk about? The bad, that terrible season that he was on Saturday night live. And he talked about his new show. Um, it's been on a few years on adult swim, uh, Eagleheart. Eagleheart, Eagleheart, which I've seen a few times. It's really funny. So there's one story that he told about Letterman that was funny, where Chris Elliott was in The Abyss, which uh, that sci-fi movie with James Cameron uh, uh, did. Wait, he was in that? Yeah, he was like a Navy radio operator, very briefly in the beginning, very briefly at the end. And, um... He was in that... And so, he, you know, I guess just in the brief time he worked with James Cameron, I guess James Cameron and it really hit it off, and he liked him, he thought he was funny. And so after the movie's over, James Cameron's like, you know what, Chris? I really like working with you. Um, I got this next movie coming out. Uh, I, 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 think, I think I'll have a part for you in that movie. I don't even remember which one it was, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so Chris Elliott's, like, really excited... <laughs> So he goes, you know, this is one of the things that I do in my career and in my comedy, and I just never really think about these things. And he goes, I'm on Letterman uh, that night, and we're going to do a bit, and we know that James Cameron's going to be on Letterman promoting The Abyss. So, I don't know, for some reason I got this crazy idea. So basically, Chris Elliott and this other guy did this bit on Letterman back in the 80s where him and the other guy were supposed to be like floating around in this, like, bathtub or something. And they, they basically, like, did this really crude, like, uh, <laughs> be kind, rewind version of The Abyss. Yeah. And, and really made fun of it. And so he's like, I didn't think anything of it. You know, hey, it's just a funny bit. And he goes, <laughs> he goes they told me that James Cameron, when he was in the green room, was watching it on a monitor and was like just shaking his head. <laughs> and when they came out and and they did the show and they were on, you know, James Cameron was sitting next to him. He was like really an, acting annoyed. And, and so Chris Elliott's like, yeah, you know, I guess, you know, after that, uh, I never got a call back for this James Cameron
2: movie. Oh man. <laughs> well, that was, yeah, that, that ended that.
3: Yeah. It was really, so it was a really funny interview. And, um, I think they put it online. I have to find the link if they have it. So it, it, it may be free to listen. I'm not sure. Hmm. But yeah, I really liked it. Uh, you know, hopefully, if they do another guy like that, I'll I'll uh, I'll go back. But the only bad thing was I, even though I shook his hand as he was walking out, Chris Elliott. Um, I I I didn't get a picture with him.
2: Um, yeah. why not?
3: Well. What happened was, you know, he walked out first, and then they let the, the audience out, and he vanished. We're like, well, where is he? And they had some, must have been like some photographers for XM Radio standing around there. So I'm all right, they're waiting to take his picture. And it was a very small lobby, and the security people really wanted everyone to leave. And so I stood there for like 15 minutes, and I'm like, uh, you know, I don't know where. He, nobody knew where he went um you know but i'm going to be paying 100 bucks to park and i'm finally i'm like you know what i I'll, let me just go so i just left so i did not get the picture with Chris Elliott and and the funny thing was here you know here i am thinking you know he stood us up at the Comic-Con and all that but, last year but this guy's really a nice guy how did he and, look uh, huh how did he look he looked very thin And it was one of the jokes he was telling was about, and this really happened, he had to have some dental work done to do the Eagle Heart show, I guess, or something like that. And, um... So he went to some... I don't know, somebody recommended him to some dentist in Los Angeles, and I don't know, the guy did a really bad job. And he's like, yeah, I wound up with, like, chiclet-looking mouth. (laughs) Chiclet for teeth. What? I don't know, he said it was really, really bad. So for, like, a a long period of time as he was looking, searching for somebody to fix them, he really couldn't eat anything or something like that. I don't know what happened. So, he wound up eating, like, a lot of, like, liquid food. Oh. (laughs) And he lost a lot of weight. So that's why he looked very thin. But it was really, really cool to meet him.
2: Well, that makes one of us.
3: Yeah, well... I invited you. you you couldn't go so so now um, I have to meet him yeah
2: well I, I still need a picture with him and I have to ask him about get a life yeah
3: um so I'm going to I'm going to you got to look at look at this up real quick I don't know if you've seen any commercials for this thing called the Razor. you know remember the Razor scooters yeah well they came out with some new thing called the Razor Crazy Cart So that's a uh, Razor Crazy Cart. Basically, it is some kind of like miniature go-kart looking thing. And that's basically what it looks like, a go-kart. And I, I don't know how exactly this thing is powered. I don't know if it's battery. It looks like maybe it's battery powered or something. I don't know. And remember how as kids, remember we had the big wheels? Yeah. And you remember, you would pedal the big reel real fast, and and there had, and they some of them had like a brake, and you would hit the brake real quick, and that would allow you to do like like spin around and do like three sixties and everything. Yeah. But you weren't going that fast with those things, right? These things are like really really fast, and they have a hand brake. <laughs> And you and they have a, a like a little seatbelt and you slam on the handbrake and it allow and you start spinning the, the steering wheel and it allows you to spin all over the place uncontrollably. Uh, this cannot so, so be safe. So it's like
2: it's like drifting. No, it's even worse because at least <laughs> drifting you have some control of the car. <laughs> True. I remember when the Razor scooter. Did you did, watch any of these videos? Uh, in a second, but the Razor scooter came out in what, like ninety? I don't know. Ninety-eight or ninety-nine, I think. And that Christmas, they were huge. They were crazy, yeah. and all the toy stores—I swear—that toy stores were charging more than a hundred dollars for these things. Yeah. Some of them were like one hundred and fifty, even two hundred dollars for these razor, these little puny fold-up razor scooters. It was insanity and i did not buy one for my brother at the time it was
3: useless and
2: after well no, well no they weren't useless but after christmas i'm not even joking around yeah two weeks after christmas i walked into kb toys and they had them on sale for 25 <laughs> and i'm like all right now i'll buy one yeah but they were stupid why not just have a bike
3: like I remember well, little they, I remember they, seeing
2: kids they were very tiny
3: and folded folded up. But I remember seeing kids trying to like go places on this stupid razor scooter. <laughs> I'm like, you're a kid, you're better off walking. <laughs> no. You will go faster and use less energy walking than <laughs> right.
2: on this stupid razor scooter. Let me look at this razor crazy cart. It is insane. Why is it so small? It's small. This child is barely fitting on it. I know, it's so unsafe. And now he's doing 360s. But they're fast. Wait, he is drifting. And doing 360s while drifting.
3: I know, but the commercial that they show for this thing, it's like three kids doing this at the same time, doing this elaborate, like,
2: stunt-like thing inside of a warehouse. Oh, this is this is in a like in a, a uh, what do you call it? A skateboarding half pipe. Yeah. Wait, there's a a grown man actually fit on one of these? Things? Yeah, I guess so. What the heck? <laughs> the wheels oh, look on at this. His... The wheels on this thing power? look like they're about an inch diameter.
3: I they're like the razor scooter wheels, <laughs> right? Now, is... at least in at least in these in these some of these videos the people are wearing like helmets but how is he driving backwards because when you hit the handbrake you' you spin around i know but you can you can like shift it into reverse I'll give you an example it's it's sort of like you ever see like a dolly where they like the dolly where you put like if they're moving like a, a refrigerator box they put it yeah. on that dolly and the dolly wheels spin in all directions.
2: That's how this uh, is. Uh, well, yeah, I guess.
3: But it's insane and unsafe. Right.
2: <laughs> I can't believe I just. So wait. So how sound. much does this thing cost? I don't know. I'm looking it up.
3: Let's razor, see. You gotta...
2: What is it? Crazy cart. Yeah, Razor Crazy Cart. Toys R Us. Oh, it's only three hundred dollars. <laughs> And then, wait, and then there's a girl's version. Okay, that it's a Razor Pocket Mod Betty scooter, and it looks like a a a motor scooter. Yeah, and it's purple, and that is two hundred fifty dollars. Ridiculous at Toys R Us. How come they didn't have things like this when we were children?
3: Um, no, but like when we were kids, we would like take things and do these (laughs) stunts with them. Do you remember the kids who used to do who who would surf on the shopping carts? Uh, Vaguely, yeah. They would. They would. One guy would get into the shopping cart, and the other idiot would push him really fast down the street. And you would you were supposed to like stand up and try and surf the the shopping cart, and they would like you know you couldn't control it. So the thing would, like, go off into a park car and they would be ejected and go flying, like,
2: 30 feet and die. Um, I do remember, uh, speaking of go karts, I don't know if this happened, maybe it was just my side of the street. Yeah, that was in the insane (laughs) asylum. (laughs) But, or I don't know if it was, like, a whole street-wide thing, but do you remember... Um, I don't remember anybody having a go-kart <laughs> well, No, I'm getting to that But There was Almost this competition Where Different groups of children on the street Would, would like group together And see who could build The better go-kart no. out, of, out of things That they found in their basement Or their garage I don't remember that and of course nobody ever built anything. <laughs> Nothing ever happened, but I remember I remember one group of children so they had like these wooden boards in the garage and they were trying to cut them up with chainsaws and stuff. what? And then they were like hammering them together in, in this completely illogical way. Well, isn't that what they and, do like the soapbox derby? Uh with parental supervision.
4: I remember this there f- were no
2: parents involved at all. You had like a seven year old whipping around this chainsaw.
3: I remember one of a one of my friends, uh, who you know, he 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 had this idea that he was going to construct a turtle van.
2: <laughs> How? I,
3: it never got off the ground. So <laughs> he was going to take like one of he was going to take. Like the chassis from a couple of those like little like kitty pedal cars. <laughs> okay. And put like two of them together side by side and somehow like construct like a frame for it. I don't know what how we would make the van piece of it, and like two kids would sit in the front and two could sit in the back, <laughs> and like the two in the front would pedal. Okay. But <laughs> what was the outside gonna be made out of? I I don't know.
2: You got me. Well, anyway, we never got that far. So I, this is all I remember is after one of the groups cobbled together this horrendous looking wooden chassis. Yeah. Which looked nothing like a go-kart or, or any kind of vehicle. Yeah. All I remember is I said, what are you going to use for wheels? And this makes no sense at all. I don't know I don't know how he even came up with this. Cause I would figure I maybe like pull the wheels off your bicycle or your skateboard or something. Damn. He said he was going to use hard boiled eggs as the wheels. Oh now come on now. That doesn't make any sense. That's how dumb these people were. Can you picture this thing? Uh, no. Oh, my God. Anyway, so, all right, let's move on. This was the insanity that you and I had to put up with
3: growing up. These people were insane.
2: You know. Uh, Anyway, so, moving on.
3: Uh, Real fast here. I saw this on the Huffington Post where somebody had taken some kind of software and they had digitally uh, created these, these pictures in color of what a number of these dead rock stars would look like today. Okay, I just sent you
2: the link. All right, I'm gonna click on it. Sax Media Group. <laughs> what the? So this is <laughs> John <a> Lennon, <laughs> if he were still alive. That is not John Lennon. Well, how would you know? He's dead. Because, first of all, they should have made him bald. Wait, this <laughs> These are horrible. Kirk O'Faker. <laughs> <laughs> what the Elvis one? <laughs> oh my God! These what? Cass Elliot looks like Ow, oh, That frog. looks terrible. <laughs> what the heck? Uh,
3: Dennis Wilson of the Beach Boys. He looks like he looks like Glenn Fry does now.
2: <laughs> Jim Morris. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like John Voigt. <laughs> hey, hey! I, I, I warned you, people. Wait, how does Karen Carpenter look exactly the same? Nah, I don't know. Keith. <laughs> <laughs> wait, Jimmy Hendrix? <laughs> <Andrew? laughs> it's like Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yes! Come on! <laughs> <laughs> Who did this? I don't know. These are. Oh, come on, I could do better than this. <laughs> you should! I'm going to. And then just you put wait. them online and people will look at them. This Jim Morrison one, though, is horrendous. That does, he doesn't even look like a human.
3: <laughs> I know they're bad.
2: What did the mama cat?
3: Okay, so she has an no own neck. Well, she never did. Oh, that's awful. So I'm gonna I'm gonna send you this link here. Oh, what what did I just do?
2: <laughs> Kurt Cobain looks like uh, Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> Come on. John.
3: <laughs> okay, so speaking oh of God. that, what people look like. So, I found this thing where some some guy was doing this project where he goes around the world and he finds lookalikes of people. <laughs> okay? They look exactly the same just about, but they have they're not related at all. So, I'm just showing you like the Google image. Wow. So, this is incredible. These people.
2: Where's my lookalike? My old boss Came into work one day, and he emailed me a picture.
3: Wait, wait, Why would your old boss come into your your job?
2: No, I'm saying like at that at an old job. Oh, okay. All right, all right. My boss came into work one day. My we came into work one day, and he emailed me a picture. And I said, Why are you emailing me a picture of you riding the subway this morning? And he said, it's not me. It was a guy sitting on the seat next to me. Ah, and he looked exactly like me. It was like he was freaking out. Nah. So it was it was the same thing. There are people who look, I mean, if you think about it, how many billions of people there are in the right. world, There's there's got to be only so many combinations of chromosomes and genes. And, <laughs> you're going to end up with people who look almost identical.
3: Right. Well, unless you're Michael Jackson. Well, he altered himself. Yeah, well, I, the reason I brought that up also was because somebody said that I looked like Joe Mantegna.
2: <laughs> Who said that?
3: Joe from Digital Press.
2: What? No, Spaceman David said you look like uh, Andy Garcia. That made even less sense.
3: <laughs> I think I look more like Joe Mantegna than Andy Garcia. Mm. <laughs> Nice.
2: They have to let us wet our beaks a little, but yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen people like especially well, living in New York, I just I come yeah. across so many thousands of people every day. I've definitely seen people It's like, oh my God, that looks just like this person, right that looks yeah. just like this person,
3: Well, when we were kids we had we would always have fun at spotting adults <laughs> who sometimes look like a famous person, not really, and then like naming them that right. Usually janitors, right?
2: But there's, um, you know, what I find—I I, I do find people who look like other people sometimes. But for me, I find more, much more frequently, is someone looks like two other people combined.
4: <laughs> like well, I'll be like on what... TV,
2: like on the news or something. It's like, oh my God, yeah. that, that person on the street that they're talking to—that looks like. That looks like, uh, I don't know, like David Duchovny and Adam Sandler put together. And like, oh, yeah, it does look like. I come across that so frequently. Yeah, well, that's. Uh, the, and then remember, like, Conan
3: used Conan O'Brien used to do those things where he would morph the two people together. Well, he still does it, it and very just...
2: badly as a joke. But no, but I, I'm I'm talking about I'll see someone and legitimately the person really looks like. Yeah. Two famous people put together, and it's like holy cow! But yeah, I mean, there's only there's only so many combinations of DNA that are gonna yeah. result in a person. It's really interesting, though. All right, so you
3: know we always like to talk about the cover artists that we find on YouTube.
2: But wait, so so real... so, so th- this was doppelgangers. Yeah. So real fast,
3: uh, I somehow you, you I saw some link that you did on YouTube. This guy, Matt Mulholland. <laughs> right. Who, what is he? New Ze- is from New Zealand, I
2: think? I don't even know. Is he? I, mean,
3: I think so. I think he's from New Zealand or Australia or something like that. But he's a comedian and, um, he has a YouTube page. It's, uh, Matt Mulholland 26. He also has a website, mattmulholland.com. Um, and the reason you, you, you talked about it he he did he does cover songs also and he actually sings really well but he did this one cover song where he um well he did the ghostbusters theme yes and he did it a cappella multi-track multi-video yes where there it's amazing there's like 10 videos uh, you know on the screen at the same time and each one is him doing a different like instrument in the ghostbusters song you know percussion uh you know, wind instruments, guitar, singing, whatever, background uh, vocals, etc. Right. It's all him. Right, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs>
1: If there's something strange in your neighborhood, who you gonna call? Ghostbusters. If there's something weird and it don't look good, In your bed. <laughs> Who you gonna cut? Girls. <laughs> I ain't afraid of no yeah, ghosts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who you gonna call? Blank. <laughs> if you had those other freaky girls, baby, you better call. Blank. <laughs> <Buzz Busters. laughs> Let me tell you something Bustin' makes me feel good I ain't afraid of no clothes no. I ain't afraid of no clothes You better go.
2: I've thought a about, Ghostbusters song. I've thought about doing videos like that, but I just don't have the time. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, syncing something like that up must be unbelievably difficult. I mean, you'd have to, like, write... You'd have to write down all the notes that you need, like, in a certain sequence, and somehow do them at the same time separately? I Nah. nah.
2: Difficult. S- someone like me, who I'm more of an ear musician than a... Than a sheet music musician i mean for someone like me that would be actually i don't want to say simple but but it it wouldn't be as difficult as you think it would be again it's just a matter of time but yeah this guy matt mulholland uh the ghostbusters one was good he did a full house yeah he did the bohemian
3: both the bohemian rhapsody which was really good (laughs) right this guy's really funny um but he's
2: also a comedian i think in New Zealand, yeah. I thought he was in the United States now. Uh, well, when I went to his website just now, it said... Uh, uh, Matt Mulholland is a New Zealand-born comedian, musician, Born. Video, making, video maker, and writer. Yeah. Um, and it's... I, that's dead dead. dead, dead. <laughs> I don't know what else to. Yeah, yeah.
3: No, he's in New Zealand because he and Facebook his current location is Wellington. Yeah, that's New Zealand. Really funny guy. So hopefully, uh, you know, his from his YouTube work, he may uh, may be able to get to do some stuff. I don't know. Cool. Should have him on the show. <laughs> yeah, if he, if he'll do it, I don't know. He may be
2: too popular for us. What? Come on! If Tammy Aaron can do the Pawn Stevenson show, but she didn't. But she wanted to. Nah. Well, maybe. She wanted to. <laughs> I'm going to email her back. Good. I just have to find it.
3: Um, one other thing I was going to mention. Uh, well, two things real fast. One is, I'll do this one real fast. This was a show that was on HBO. Uh, first season just came out. It's called Hello Ladies. Okay. And it stars and it's written Created by Stephen Merchant. Okay. You know, from uh, all the uh, Ricky Gervais stuff. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the office. The tall guy. Yeah. The office. So uh, Stephen Merchant, uh, he plays this, um, like, web designer who lives in Los Angeles. And he's, like, a tall, you know, lanky, geeky kind of guy. And he spends all of his time trying to get dates with, like, models and, you know, real, like, Hollywood, you know, real uh, popular Hollywood people. And um, you know, and then he you know he screws it up somehow, and he has a couple of friends, uh, you know, that hang out with them, and it's a really funny show. I you know it's really quirky and funny, and I can actually understand it. Oh yeah, yeah. Unlike that other show we saw that it, what was that show that he and Gervais did with that guy? They kept making do stupid stunts that he didn't want to do.
2: Wasn't that the Ricky Gervais show?
3: No, 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 no. No, like they were on extras. And I could never understand what they were saying to each other,
2: Mm. you know, because their accents. I don't know.
3: Uh, The other no, the other show was was it Life's Too Short? No, that's his comedy. Uh, It was uh, come on television. Where the hell is it? Idiot Abroad. Ah, alright. An Idiot Abroad. Terrible show. I forgot about that. Anyway, this show's really good and I recommend it to all. It has a very cool theme song. It's uh, Alone Too Long by uh, Hall and Oates. Ah. It's a good classic rock kind of disco-y song in a sense. Where the lead is actually sung by John Oates, which is rare in the Hall and Oates thing. Most of the the big songs are sung by Hall.
2: Yeah, well, usually Oates just what claps in the background. <laughs> no, he just, back, he just he plays
3: a guitar. <laughs> he does background vocals, writes some of the songs, just clap in the background. Um. So the reason I brought that up was, you know, I've done some of this too—not really a dating sense, but this, you know, kind of passion that I may have for the celebrities some in particular. One in particular that I've been a little bit more uh, overboard with than the others. <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: Okay, guys, this is really Eliza Dushku, and you're listening to the Ponch Stevenson Show. That's right.
3: Eliza Dushku. The Dush. Dush. So the Dush is doing another fundraiser. She does this fundraiser for this... Um, calls it Thri- it's called Thrive Gulu. G U L U. And it's this, um, like, um, complex that her mother and stepfather built several years ago in Uganda. Where they try and retrain, uh, 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 like, teenagers who were child soldiers there. You know, like, give them new skills and everything. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's a very nice, you know, noble cause. So she's raised money for it in the past. Um I believe that's actually how I got the uh, phone call with her as uh, I recall.
4: Right.
2: Oh no no no
3: no, that was No, no, that movie. was for dear Albania. Albania, yeah. Anyway, so um so one of the things is so she had like lunch dates and all. Eh, I was like, "Eh, on Kickstarter?" No, no no, on, on this fundraising that she did. I think it's like crowdfunding or oh. crowd Source or not. So you didn't want to crowd rise. You didn't want to do lunch. Yeah, but it's like a thousand dollars. Well, hey, you gotta. Nah, for lunch, thousand dollars for a couple of minutes? No.
2: No, so, no. You 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 draw that lunch out as long as possible. <laughs> not good. You order appetizers and so. Desserts. Now wait a minute.
3: Now I I don't know how how realistic this is, but. One of the other things she was doing was for a lot of thousands of dollars that you could go on a group trip the next time she, because every year she'll go over there to this African thing. Yeah. A group trip, you get to go with the douche to Africa.
2: That'd be interesting.
3: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So,
2: So I tweeted back
3: after she did that. I was like, well, how long is this trip for? And then she retweeted, my, like, her answer to everybody. And now, of course, everybody favorited my tweet. And I'm like, <laughs> nah. whoop de doo Well, how long? I don't know. She said, like, I think she put, like, 10 to 14 days or something like that. Wow. So I'm like, uh, I don't know. So now, here's what we have to do. Because they do trips, like, as part of the uh, fundraising, not with her. I yeah. think there's other trips that you could go in a group and it's like... I don't know, three or $4,000, and you go there, you you stay in a hotel. You know, you're not staying out in the middle of nowhere. Right. And then you go there, you visit, you help them out, you know, I don't know, you help them put up a brick wall or whatever.
2: But, um, but here's what we do. Yeah. We start a, a crowd fundraiser or whatever thing. For what? To raise money... To give to Eliza Dushku, who's raising money, and then we can get the trip.
3: Yeah, but we would never... What, what, what would we give the people who, who donated? You gotta give them some kind of reward.
2: They get a mention on the Pawn Stevenson oh. show. <laughs> we'll plug no. their website or their Twitter or whatever. You know, Their look, Twitter name.
3: Technically... I could afford the trip. So do it. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Well, the problem is I need to get more information. Like, I I just can't be, like, off willy-nilly. I I, I need to know, like, you know, what exactly, what time of the year this is happening, you know, what
2: dates. Right. You
3: know, because I'd have to take off from work.
2: Right. Like a normal human being. Not yes, like but- a celebrity traipsing <laughs> around the world whenever she feels like it.
3: Yeah, so, you know, I would need all that information. The other thing I gotta know is I gotta know, hey, what kind what kind of... Uh, um, uh, Bed toilet. situation? Yeah, what kind of toiletry we got going on out
2: there? <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say something else. What do you mean? You know, like, what's, what's the sleeping arrangement? Oh, you mean, like, will I like get shot? No. I mean, like... You know, would you and 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 Eliza be sharing a bed? It's <laughs> got boy. has got a Rick Fox. Rick Fox will be going there. All right, all right. Well, you know, for all that money, you know,
3: <laughs> <laughs> a menage a trois. No, no. Um, I don't like. I said, if you were to go there as part, like I know, I looked on the website. If you were to go normally on these group trips. It says you go into, like, a four-star hotel, and they drive you out there during the day, you know. You don't necessarily just... I don't know that there are living quarters there. Let me just... Let me just say that. There may not be. You know, I think it's... It may just be, like, a camp, you know, or something. But I've seen buildings, but I don't know that they have living quarters. I, I, you know, like, I have no problem, you know, sleeping out in the Serengeti, but... (laughs) What? Get eaten uh, by a lion? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> My problem would be I don't know if I could handle... the only thing that I'm thinking about that I may not be able to handle The Food like, No, I can handle the food. Alright. I can probably handle the food. You're a very picky eater. Yeah, but if you're you know you're out in the middle of nowhere, you gotta eat something. Like <laughs> cactuses. No, cactuses. Cacti. Cactuses. So, Cacti. What I'm saying is Um I can handle a lot of different things. I could probably handle the heat. Malaria? Maybe. Well, I hope, I hope you don't get anything like that. Well, um, you got to get all the vaccinations first before you go to a uh, continent like
2: Africa. That's true. Don't you get like 20 needles before you go oh, to Africa? Oh, a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of things. Over the course so, of a month?
3: Right. Something like that. So, again, I would need to know all this stuff in advance. But the one thing I may not be able to handle is if it is not 20th century plumbing. <laughs> or air-conditioned. Like it, well, it's probably not going to be air-conditioned. You know, what are you going to do? Uh, I can even handle that. Huh? I can even handle that.
2: But. 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 W- but what it, all right, so if you have to take a dump in, what, if you have to dig a dump, and they're like, well, go back there and dig a hole. Oh, no, that's not, I, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> like a cat. <laughs> And then when you're done, bury it. <laughs> you can't do that.
3: No, that I
2: cannot what do would that. You, no. What do
3: they use to wipe? I, I don't know. <laughs> There's nothing. Sand. What do they do? I I don't know. I don't think because, it's that bad. Because
2: if it were me. Uh, I, I I I would it's have. That's why to bring... I could
3: never be in the military. I could never do the latrine situation. <laughs> that they did. no.
2: I would have to bring so many pairs of pants <laughs> because I, I, every time I would go to the bathroom, I would just have to. I would just go in my pants, <laughs> use the legs to that. wipe, and then just throw them away. <laughs> 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 I, mean, I have to wipe. It's so messy. Oh boy. Well, I know you got to wipe. Come on. <laughs> anyway, so that
3: I don't know, but well, that's that's my thing is I don't know if I can handle not having a tw- like 20 like indoor plumbing. Right. That's the one thing I may not be able to deal with. Right. So, I'd have to find this out along with all the other stuff.
2: What did people you know, do before? Well, I guess they used cloth. Uh, it was bad. I was going to say before toilet paper. They probably just well, used cloth.
3: Or if you're like Rafi from uh, <laughs> the league, you just use the towels, right? No, so so I don't so so again I, after I would I would go through all these steps of finding this information out, and if it's during a, a time of the year where I think I could go, and that you know if if my boss would even let me go somewhere like that for two weeks, right? I may consider it, even though it's pretty expensive. But you know, again, you're assuming it's not. I'm not paying okay, it's this amount of money, it's $3,000 to go there, it's that, whatever the cost is, and then you're donating,
2: you know. Right. Is it, it's only $3,000?
3: No. No, no, the the regular packages that they had were I think it was like $3,700. But again, that includes like a donation. Right. But that's regularly. I don't want to go regularly, I want to go with her. Like as, as oh, her and yeah. her party, of
2: course, right?
3: And it's much more.
2: Oh, I see. okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah,
3: know, in order to go with her,
2: that's why I was expecting it to be a lot more. Oh, it definitely is. What What are we talking? Double, triple, uh, a lot, and quadruple? <laughs> no, it's not quadruple. So it's like ten grand.
3: Yeah, just about.
2: Oh my god! What? <laughs> just to get to travel with her. Well, again, but it includes a fundraiser. Yeah. Um... All
3: right. Uh, I don't know. So that could be that could be like my my final act in the crazy fandom. The end. Yeah, unless you had something else.
2: Nah. That's a wrap.
0: You know, that... Well,
4: in in the early days of the show, you really never knew what whether yeah. you're watching was a bit or something going terribly wrong, or, <laughs> or or both, or whether we were the joke for watching the show. Right, you right. know, you were like after a while, you're like, "That's so odd. Is that funny?" Yeah, yeah. I think it is. Right, you know. Right. But because I don't think David Letterman will ever get enough credit for how he changed the way right. television is done. If you if you watch ESPN, they're all doing some variation Everybody of that. Yeah. Uh, every radio show does some variation of you know. Oh, we don't have any good thing good, so here's the prize. Right, that right, we're, right, oh, right. Oh look, oh you know. So making fun of yourself, just irony. There was no real the irony. self-deprecating yeah. stuff.
0: Nobody was doing that. the The whole show made fun of itself. The whole show made fun of you for watching. Yeah, it. And, yeah. And you had to be in on that. And, yeah. and I've I've told the story. Maybe I, I told you, Ron. And it is true. But it's like I did. Uh, you know, the Abyss, that movie, The Abyss mm-hmm. and James Cameron, who was an ogre on that set, liked me mm-hmm. and he came and he, The Abyss was opening and he came to do, uh, the show and he was all nice to me backstage and all that. And he, in fact, said to me, you know, that they had a screening of The Abyss and, uh, there, some cards came back that we wanted to see more Chris Elliott in The Abyss. And he said, so we should do a comedy together. And, you know, and I said, all right, Jimmy, that sounds great. You know, and, uh, <laughs> but I had it in my head that I was going to be, I, he, I was booked the same night on, on Letterman, and I came on before James Cameron, and I made ruthless fun of the abyss, and me being in the abyss. I had, you know, I did a terrible pre-tape with me and Jerry Mulligan in this horrible underwater set, you know, yelling, help, we're, uh, we're stuck in the abyss, and the plastic plastic fish went by, and the audience went really, you know, enjoyed it. And But it never occurred to me that, oh, well, like, now the director of this film, that... You know, took you know five years out of his life to make has to come out and seriously you know push his movie, which opens next Friday. That never occurred to me. It just occurred to me that uh, well, everybody has a sense of humor about themselves because that's what we were doing on Letterman. And you know, if you and and if you're doing Letterman, you definitely have to have a sense of humor about yourself. But apparently, Jimmy Cameron doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) So. We, we never did that comedy. <laughs> no, together. never turned out. No, no. Never got he, the call. He's just been spending all these years ill. Oh, I I, no, seriously, I have nightmares still. Because like, people told me afterwards, no, he was sitting in the green room, uh, rather stern-faced, watching the monitor while you're out there. And I was, I was like, why? Why would he do that? And then, like an idiot, it didn't occur to me that, yeah, some people take their art seriously. Sure. <laughs>